0: Bet365 sponsors our podcast, and they feature over 300,000 sporting events on their betting app. It's got everything you need to bet on sport. Bet365 are offering a wide range of markets, including first, last, or anytime goal scorers. With over 45 million members, it's the world's favorite online betting company. With the Bet365 bet builder, you can combine match results, players to score, number of goals, and more to create your own personalized bet. And if you can't watch the games live, with Bet365's Match Live feature, you can follow every moment through live graphics and text. Bet365 is the world's favorite online sport betting company. The app can be downloaded from the Google Play and Apple App Store. Over 18s only, please gamble responsibly. Welcome to 5001, the Athletics Leicester City podcast. I'm Rob Tanner. Joining me, as usual, is Leicester City legend, former captain fantastic Matt Elliott. How are you doing, Matt?
1: Yeah, I'm good, Rob. Thank you very much. Yeah, looking forward to having a chat about last week's fantastic result for Leicester and the forthcoming weekend, of course.
0: Absolutely. Um, also joining us this week is our Serie A expert, James Horncastle, who's going to be discussing with us uh, the latest name to be linked with Leicester City, Roma's under. Let's kick off with that opening day victory at West Bromwich Albion. Um, fantastic start, really. I, I must admit, I wasn't expecting I thought that was going to be a trickier game than it turned out to be for Leicester. Because of the injuries at Leicester and the unavailability of some of the players going into that opening game, the, the uh, disrupted and very short pre-season, plus West Bromwich Albion returning to the Premier League, first game back. Um, I thought it had all the makings for being a tough game, but uh, it turned out second half, seemed a, a very comfortable victory for, for for Leicester.
1: Yeah, I'm I'm of a similar view, Robert. Before the game, I was thinking, it's in a point wouldn't be a too bad a result. Obviously, you're looking for the win, you know, in, in any any game. But um, all things considered, I think probably helped Leicester the fact that the crowd wasn't there, you know, as the away team. But that's standard, you know, for, for any contest. But um, yeah, West Brom, from their point of view, were hugely disappointed, weren't they? I they they were pretty bright early on. I, I think the uh, the flow of the game was more down to Leicester sort of getting into their stride, really. And Brendan Rogers mentioned about being caught slightly by surprise that West Brom adopted a back three and four across midfield. They had the three up front, which wouldn't have been too much of a shock. But the, uh, the fullback furlong, wasn't it? He was finding acres of space. And Leicester was struggling to adjust early on. You thought, hang on a minute, here we go. And it all looked a little bit lacklustre. The movement was minimal. And it, it was all a little... Uh, tame a little tepid wasn't it how how Leicester were playing and you thought they need to be careful here because there were one or two scary situations even though Schmeichel wasn't tested or extended to any real degree but all of a sudden they had a slight alteration a slight adjustment to their play picked up the speed of their play and found spaces Iose Perez in particular Dennis Pratt and the tide turned didn't it after about 25 minutes half hour and Leicester were looking strong could have had a, a couple before half-time if Harvey Barnes had been more clinical. But once the, the, the first goal went in, that was pretty much game done and dusted. West Brom just faded drastically, didn't they? And Leicester were well in control. Well in control for you know from pretty early on in the, in the second half, in truth. And you have to say, overall, the 3-0 scoreline didn't really flatter Leicester by the end of the game.
0: Absolutely. It was great to have football back again, a new season here again. And to celebrate that fact... Uh, we've got unrivaled coverage of the season ahead. And uh, for all those Leicester fans listening who want to get um, a free subscription, well, not free subscription, it's £1 a month subscription. It's practically giving it away, Matt. We're practically giving it away. Uh, you've got to go to theathletic.com forward slash Leicester pod and you can get a subscription for just £1. It's all access to our site as well. Where we've uh, I've also written some um, articles about the next guy that we're going to discuss, the uh, debutant who marks his first game for Leicester City in fantastic fashion, Timothy Castagna. What a debut that was! I mean, I must admit, Matt, I was surprised when I saw the team sheet. Uh, well, actually, it was when the lads uh, lined up, I thought it was going to be the other way around that Castagna was going to be at left back and James Justin at right back because we all thought Castagna was signed as Ben Chilwell's replacement. But if you're signing someone to be a replacement at left back, I was surprised to see him playing at right back. But what a performance!
1: Well, yeah, again, similar to you, Rob, I think the general consensus was that it would be that way round with the full-backs, Castagne and Justin. But um, I suppose when you look at it, possibly quite clever by Brendan Rodgers, because you think he's coming in, making his debut, hasn't been around the club for long. Let's make it as simple as possible. Put him in his more orthodox position, if you like. But, you know, we've read the reports. He's capable of playing either side. But um, I think, yeah, just keep it as basic as possible. Justin... Is, is pretty adept uh, on either flank, although he, he struggled early on, in truth, because he was, he was outnumbered as much as anything. But in terms of listen, I mean, it, it, it was near perfect opening game of the season for Leicester in general, wasn't it? Bar the first 20 minutes, but even more so for, for Castania himself. I mean, dream stuff, wasn't it? Um, You know, coming in, slotted straight in. If you didn't know, you would think he'd been at that club, in that team. Operating for many a season, wouldn't you? Because he was, you know, he seemed at home straight away. He was, he was happy to receive the ball in all areas of the pitch. Loved to get forward, um, progressively as the game wore on. And he, I thought he was sharp into the challenge. He was showed his pace. He was quite physical as well, and um, obviously a good understanding of the role and the position that he was in. And you know, he covered everything, didn't he? And then topped it off. With a goal, I mean, you you think, well, what's he doing up there? You, know, you don't mind him getting forward in wide positions, but great to see because I think it's something that Leicester have been lacking a little bit at times. I think they get caught short in terms of numbers getting into the box. You know, for instance, it might be Harvey Barnes breaking down the left and it's only Vardy who's keeping up pace with him. But I thought, you know, Perez was, was getting in there or the, the opposite winger whenever balls were coming in um Dennis Pratt was getting forward as we saw with the goal and there was good support you know Tillemans at times and, and even you know with evidence of the goal even even the fullbacks were getting there were right on cue beautiful chip delivery from Dennis Pratt who I thought was in fine form pleased for him and the Belgium link up proved to uh, give the breakthrough didn't it and from that moment on to say that no looking back for Leicester and dream start for him Castagne and I, I think there's you would imagine that there's a lot more to come from him as well, if he can settle in that quickly.
0: But it did seem like there was some square pegs in round holes initially. I mean, it looked like uh, Pratt was playing uh, a more advanced role, almost like a number 10 behind uh, Vardy at times. You had James Justin playing at left-back and Wilfred Nididi playing centre-back. I mean, what did you make of uh, Nididi's performance? I mean, he was a little bit nervy at first, didn't yeah. he? There was a poor uh, back pass that went out for a corner. But he seemed to settle after that. Admittedly, Albion didn't get at uh, Leicester's back four too much because uh, um, they just didn't have it in the second half, but they uh, didn't have the ball. But um, what did you make of he
1: All things considered, I think he, he was the player that Renan Rodgers trusted most to fulfil that that role alongside she was in a back four. I mean, I'm old over the fact last week that he'd possibly go for a back three just as a bit of insurance, but then that would mean adjustments elsewhere and detract from certain players you know, playing in certain roles, i.e. Barnes in particular. So, he's gone for the back four. I mean, Wilfred indeed's got all the physical attributes of a centre-half, isn't he? uh, I think back to my days of Emil Heskey. He used to play centre-half in training sometimes. Unbelievable. You you know, he he would have been a world-class centre-half if he had stuck at it, but he would have been wasted uh, to not play up front. Similar with Wilfred, you think, I don't think it would be a permanent role, but if and when he ever did choose, I I think he certainly showed he's got the capabilities, didn't he? It's a different mindset, it's a different... Uh, approach really and you know it's a lot more difficult in midfield in truth but it was just the little adjustment early on was his performance sort of typified Leicester's a bit It got more comfortable more controlled the longer the game went on I thought Wilfrid was like that early on just that you know lack of central defender instinct you know put him in a little spot of bother the the one you mentioned he put out for a corner it was a little bit of indecision Hesitation, you know, in that situation, what do I do? What's best to do? A couple of times he bobbled back passes back to Smichael. Which, if it was another a centre half who'd done it to he would have given him uh, an evil glare. You know, to having to deal with that awkwardness. But uh, he let Wilfred off, and you know that was good to see actually, because he was sort of that was his way of encouraging him and telling him not to not to worry too much. And but his decision maker was a little bit iffy early on, but once he got into the rhythm of it. You know, he was as good as any other player out there, wasn't he? And I noticed a couple of times, I mean, what what a pairing those two are in terms of pace. <laughs> Not often you come up against two centre-halves who can move like so, aren't you? And a couple of times the balls were laid over the top. Robinson tried to get on the end of it. Wilfred was like, oh, no, you don't. Thank you very much. And Robinson gave up from about 30 minutes into the game with any sort of ball into the channel. So... You know that's that's a hell of a feeling as a centre half when you know you've got the better of the centre forward in that in that respect and uh, yeah I I I fully expect to see him playing on Sunday in the same role you would imagine after how things went.
0: Well, I can't imagine him making too many changes, but uh, let's talk about the one consistent from last season was uh, Jamie Vardy lifted the golden boot the final day of last season scores two goals on the first game of uh, this new campaign. And normally he loves going back to the, the Hawthorns and uh, scoring and then doing his usual celebration to uh, taunt the Albion fans. There were no fans in the ground. and Whether that would have changed uh, things for West Brom, having their home support for the first game back, we'll never know. But uh, it's funny, though, to see Jamie score his first goal and still do the celebration to an empty stand. Well, did you expect anything else, Rob?
1: No. No, exactly. I think everyone knew what was coming few objects flying at the TV screens around the West Midlands, I imagine. But uh, all in the best possible taste. But it was, yeah, it's good fun, wasn't it? And, you know, he's earned the right. Leicester earned the right to have a bit of fun, to enjoy themselves by performing on the pitch, didn't they? And and striking when it mattered. Uh, say, after that first goal, they really got a grip of the game. And you felt, you know, it, it would be you know, sloppiness that, that would... Prevent Leicester from getting the second goal, or as it turned out, the third. You know, to really finish the game off because the opportunity was there, and and they took it, didn't they? You know, when the penalty came around, I think Barnes would, had had done exceptionally well. He, you know, he showed in quite a few occasions what he's capable of. Uh, almost scoring the second, and subsequently that's where the foul was. Well spotted by the referee, you have to say. But uh, yeah, I, there was no real doubt about the execution. It was there, you know, Jamie? stuck it away in, in, in imperious fashion didn't he uh, goalkeeper Johnson not a prayer and yeah, you know, cue the celebrations and and why not I've got so much respect for Jamie Vardy the way he plays because despite you know he'll grab some of the headlines of course and rightly so two goals albeit penalties they all count superbly taken his application throughout the game is is, is second to none because he it, it actually doesn't feature that much does he Rob you know um, regularly in Leicester's general play. He's always there trying to sort of stretch the centre halves, push them back and create a bit of space in behind uh, for other players uh, to, to get on the half turn etc but he must be a little bit frustrated that he, <laughs> he doesn't get more touches and see the ball more often but he's become so disciplined he knows that just bide his time, sooner or later an opportunity will will arise and you know whether that's by the penalty spot or in and around the six yard box or very occasionally on the break we all know what he's capable of but it's easier said than done to play that role cuz he puts in so much work and touches the ball probably less than any other leicester city player but he ends up being the most important player more often than not
0: yeah i'm sure he uh, will not worry too much about his lack of touches if he's uh, picking the picking the ball out of the net for uh, another goal for his uh, for his rewards yeah. Well, Leicester City have been linked with a winger that they've been looking for they've been looking for some creativity, um, some more goals as well and the name that has emerged in the last few days is Kengis under the Roma's uh, Turkish international winger, only 23. Seems to fit all the or uh, the the bill for uh, Leicester City. He ticks all the boxes in terms of his age. They know the Serie A market because they've been in there before for Castagna. Uh, he's the right price as well. Looks like it's a loan with uh, a view to a 24 million pound Uh, permanent transfer. Our resident expert on Syria James Horncastle uh, joins us now just to tell us a little bit more about uh, this lad and uh, how he's going to fit in Leicester City. James how are you? Yeah good thanks Rob. I think uh, Leicester fans can be quite excited because uh, certainly from what I've
2: seen of Cengiz over the last three seasons uh, when he was I think one of Monchi's first signings when Monchi became the sporting director he's since gone back to Sevilla but Cengiz kind of really kind of illustrated, I think, what Monchi is all about, which was, you know, kind of finding players that yeah, most people have never heard of in, I wouldn't say obscure markets, but uh, yeah, places like like Turkey and uh, bringing him to Serie A, where yeah, he was supposed to develop into a superstar. And uh, to be honest, in his first year, he scored uh, seven goals. That was the year when uh, Roma reached the Champions League semi final uh, for the first time since... 1985. He scored three times in the Champions League. So Leicester are getting a player who's got that kind of experience um, as well. Um, has he built on that first season uh, that he had at Roma? I would say that I think that's been one of the slight disappointments really um, about him. Um, but there's certainly a lot of talent there, and he came to came to Rome very young. I mean, he's still only 23, and he's he's literally just turned 23 as well. So. Leicester getting a player with a lot of upside, I would say.
0: In terms of his goal scoring, I think 17 in 88 uh, appearances for Roma, I read. Um, is that enough for Leicester City? Because that is the one area that Brendan Rodgers is desperately looking to to improve the goal scoring and the creativity of his forward line to ease the burden on Jamie Vardy. Well, he's got the pace. Um, I think he would,
2: he would match Vardy in a foot race, um, which not, not, not a lot of people can say they can do. Um, in terms of goals, uh, look, I mean, one of the things that really stands out about Unde is, is the fact that he's got a fantastic shot on him, um, a shot from distance. Um, you know, he his goals have often been spectacular. Um, I think he can uh, add more to his game in that regard. Uh, there's no reason why he can't be someone who gets into sort of low double figures, um, I would say, over the course of a season in all competitions. Um, yeah, Rodgers likes players who uh, sort of cuts in uh, from the right side, if you like, to 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 then play on his left. He's an inverted winger, uh, under in that respect. Although you know he can play on the other side if he likes, but he's he's a player who really likes to to come inside and attack the penalty area. Um, so I think he can, he can give more goals to to this Leicester side. I, I think he's also got. Uh, the intensity um, just inbuilt in his natural game to, to play in the Premier League um, you know an anecdote I was told by one of Roma's coaching staff when he he joined three years ago was that they really had to kind of manage that intensity because he would he would come on in games and burn out so quickly just because he would he, he wasn't able to manage um, uh, his sort of energy levels in the way he just he went a 100 mile an hour non-stop. For for fifteen minutes, and and they basically said just you know sort of be a little bit more prudent about uh, about how you're going about your uh, your game. But yeah, I think in some respects he's he's an exciting player. I think he'll get he'll get fans off their seats when fans are allowed
0: back into stadium. Well, James has certainly wetted my appetite for uh, under. Uh, Matt, what do you think of him? I Ermy mean, obviously, he's uh, sounds like an exciting prospect, even at twenty three. Although I say prospect, he's he's been capped by Turkey twenty one times, so he's got plenty of experience as well. Are you excited by this signing? Yeah, very much so. Um, like
1: the majority of of people, I haven't seen a lot of him, um, you know, in, in actually game time. But from James's references there, all that you read about him and. You, you know, you research a little bit on possible signings for Leicester and he seems to cover a lot of angles for the type of player and the, certainly the position that Brendan Rodgers is looking for. I think a lot of people um, you know, commonly agree that the squad needs bolstering in those positions um, that Under is capable of playing, in particular on the right-hand side in that inverted winger role as a as James mentioned, because, I mean, the last week, it wasn't that long ago, but Riyad Mahrez was, you know, obviously he was sublime in that role and no one has really convinced or nailed down um, the position as their own, have they? You know, Damari Gray has flitted in and out. Jose Perez has come in and and more often than not, he's had the opportunity uh, to play, but again, hasn't hasn't really... uh, Convinced, Brendan Rogers, I don't think that you know he's the ideal solution. And whilst there will still be a role for both those players, I'm sure at one level or another, um, you know, to get someone of of Wunder's quality and even at a young age, as you say, a pedigree is uh, quite a mouthwatering prospect. Yeah. Well,
0: it's certainly an area that they've been looking to uh, strengthen throughout this uh, transfer window. They were strongly linked with a move for Francesco Trincão at Barcelona, the Portuguese winger. Uh, again he was 20 years old and uh, plenty of uh, uh, room for him to improve and develop and uh, that's certainly what Brendan likes to do sign players and Leicester City's policy as well as to sign young players who not only will develop as players but also uh, their value their residual value will grow as well and uh, he certainly ticks that box doesn't he in in terms of that ability and potential to develop with the team but do you feel some Leicester need some signings that are ready made to go now it's difficult, isn't it? Finding the balance, and you know, you, you've spoken
1: about it, and we've spoken about it before. Is, is finding that certain profile of player that Brendan Rogers uh, refers to himself. You know, getting ready-made high-profile, established internationals is not that easy. And then Leicester have have also got a a model, if you like. You know, they don't stick rigidly to it, but they. As you said there, to bring players in who are of a certain age, they can improve their value as well as their ability. And, you know, that, that's the, the ideal uh, way forward. And I think they're looking to do that. I mean, uh, Brendan Rodgers speaking about Castagne coming in and he he fitted uh, the, the photo fit that, profile that Brendan was looking for. Um, and in a similar way, I think Under will be doing that also. You know he's got Champions League experience. He'd, you know it's said on his profile that he's won Turkish Footballer of the Year. You know so he's he's played at a very good level over a you know three four year period. Um, played regularly, scores a decent amount of goals. As you stay there, if anything, look to maybe improve that. But um, and, and the pace that was mentioned by James as well. I mean, if he's anywhere near similar speed to, to Jamie Vardy he's going to be a threat on that alone isn't he and you know listen everyone talks up signings and speaks about the positives of course they do but they seem um, authentic don't they in in how he's being referred to and I think it'll prick the ears up of a lot of Leicester City supporters and it's come a little bit out of left field as well you know there's so much speculation about this player and that I think in particular with Leicester City they like to do their work sort of not undercover, it's not secretive or anything, but they they keep it close to the chest, don't they? As best they can, uh, and try and do it, and then or, you know, in, in their own way, and then all of a sudden, names pop up. So don't pay too much attention, all the time. You know, when people are linked, because it seems a little bit simplistic that way. But the, the way they do their business is uh, it's quite impressive more often than not.
0: Absolutely, I mean, the deal's not been done yet. This is uh, a developing uh, transfer uh, story in terms of. Their, uh, their pursuit of under, um, hopefully they'll get the deal done because he does sound like he could be the perfect fit for them in terms of uh, the pace and the potential. But we'll see how that uh, transpires over the coming days because the uh, transfer window is counting down. So let's move on, Matt. This athletic podcast is brought to you in association with Stitch Fix, an online personal styling service that takes the hard work out of dressing well. To get started, go to stitchfix.co.uk forward slash athletic. Fill in a style quiz and tell us about your personal style, budget, size and shape and your clothing needs and wants. A personal stylist will then send you five items of clothing, each handpicked especially for you from our selection of 100 brands including established names and up and coming designers. Try on everything at home and style with other items in your wardrobe. You can then pay for what you love and send back the rest. For your stylist's time, you pay a charge of just £10, which is deducted from the cost of anything you decide to buy. Remember, you try before you buy. Delivery and returns are free both ways, and you don't need a subscription to sign up. Get started with Stitch Fix today and support our podcast by going to stitchfix.co.uk forward slash athletic right now. That's S-T-I-T-C-H-F-I-X. Tarkowski is an interesting one. It's going to be interesting to watch that little duel uh, this Sunday when uh, Burnley come to King Power Stadium. Uh, Tarkowski's stats last season were very impressive. I think he was one of the top-performing defenders in Europe, um, with according to his stats. And You can see why Burnley is so desperate to keep hold of him, even if he uh, probably now feels... That he's going to get, um he needs a challenge elsewhere. Certainly to enhance his England chances. I think it's uh, quite well known that if you play for Burnley, you get you get overlooked really. I mean, it's, they don't seem to be the the, uh, the trendiest of clubs in terms of um, getting catching the eye for international managers. But uh, Tarkowski certainly making a claim for an England call up again, isn't he?
1: Yeah, certainly. I'm sure he would like to think so, and he's. He's backed by his manager, Sean Dyess, who who rates him highly and doesn't mind stating that publicly. And, you know, rightly so. Um, Yeah, I suppose in terms of his his England prospects, rightly or wrongly, people look at Burnley, don't they? And, you know, they're probably... Their natural instinct is to look elsewhere first and maybe come back and have have a second take at any Burnley player. But, you know... Unfashionable, yeah. Is it the four four two system or four four one one that they more often than not adopt? You know, is that seen as conducive to performing at international level? I've seen it mentioned that oh, he can't he can play with the ball at his feet because he plays at Burnley. He's actually very adept with the ball at his feet. He's a, you know he's a ball playing centre half. He can defend stoutly as well. Uh, he's a big lad. He's not the most mobile, but um, I think that's why he's, you know, he's developed a, a little bit slower than perhaps other players. You know, he, he's become more aware. He understands the game, reads the game well. Jerry Taggart had him. At, um, I think he was at Oldham when Tags was at, was there with, with Paul Dickoff, He mentioned and he said then he was a good player, excellent player, good lad, good solid character just maybe needs to learn the game a little bit, and he certainly has. Uh, I, you look at it with two sides of the coin, really, can't you? I mean, you could say 50 million. Oof, that's a lot of money, you know. And uh, Ben Chilwell's gone to Chelsea. I know a different position, but younger, established England international pretty much now for the same figure. But then uh, Burnley uh, justified in, in the context that Harry Maguire's gone for 80 a year before. And, you know, Tarkowski's not a million miles behind Harry, is he, really? In in you know, lots of ways, quite similar players. So, But it does seem a lot to us. I'm, I doubt that Leicester will be prepared to pay that. You know, I think you might have to, have to take a fair chunk off that. Burnley might need to be a little bit more realistic. But I think I think it would be a decent fit, in truth. Yeah, I mean, maybe I haven't seen from Farner, but I mean, in fact, an international at 19, there must be some prospect, but at 19, you you still remain that, don't you? Is he ready to go in at the deep end against top players in the world in the Premier League? That's the big question, isn't
0: it? That's the concern, is it? The experience and how long he would need to adapt and, and develop. But you look at the market in England and um, COVID has had an impact on on um, clubs' um, budgets, yeah. transfer budgets, except for Chelsea, that is. Yeah. Everybody else has got less to spend. But the asking prices at the moment are still way higher. I mean, David Brooks is another one that Leicester have looked at. And they, again, £50 million for a young forward that's why they're looking at Syria. that's why they're looking in france they're looking at uh, different markets because brenda rogers has said it himself they're not in the, they're not shopping in the same market as chelsea they can't spend 50 million pounds the highest they've ever spent on anybody is 32 million on yuri Tielemans. it's uh, it's it, the english market is not great for value at the moment whether that's going to change in the final week and we get this domino effect of deals getting done and suddenly asking prices are coming down because there might be some players are unhappy and unsettled and it's better to move them on i I suspect it's going to be a very interesting frantic final week of the transfer window this podcast is brought to you by Hims. if you haven't heard of them they're basically your best mate when it comes to those tricky men's health problems Bolding is an awkward topic for men, yet a lot of us start to lose our hair before we hit 40. And the best way to take control of hair loss is to do something about it while you still have some. Hims was created to make it easier for guys to seek care, especially guys who avoid seeing their doctor in person for awkward health conversations. Not everyone wants to have personal conversations face to face with a stranger in a white coat. So Hims connects you to real doctors online, which could save you hours. It's completely confidential and discreet. You'll get a proper consultation and they'll give you sound advice on what you can do to help your hair before it's too late. It couldn't be easier to book your free consultation. Just go to forhymns.co.uk forward slash athletic. That's FORHINGS.co.uk forward slash athletic. We'll have to see what happens with Fafana Santenti and a, a standing firm that they they don't want him to go and Claude Powell's um, even called it fake news. Donald Trump esque uh, in his press conferences over there, but Leicester City are definitely interested in him. It's going to be an interesting final couple of weeks of the transfer window, isn't it? And you expect Leicester City to do um, a couple of deals at least, don't you?
1: I think everyone was hoping that there would be some movement because Leicester are going to need it, aren't they? Let's face it, over this campaign, you know, they've got obviously the European challenge on top of all the other competitions. And Brendan Rodgers made no bones about it, really, did he? You know, he was looking. I was certainly very much hoping that the club would be able to bring in a few players. Um, you know, I don't think that's particularly controversial. I think you know, it's more than acceptable and, and realistic, isn't it? And I'm sure the club will be helping him to do that, but they do it in their own time, in their own way. They, they don't get pressurised. They, they don't get squeezed into situations. They don't bow down to pressure, whether it's buying or selling and i think their their recruitment reserves you know run quite deep there are a number of options it wouldn't just be one or two players uh, for each position that there, there would be options three four and five um, all of a similar standard uh, that they might be able to revert to to make sure they get the right deal because as you say i mean who knows how it can it can pan out or what each individual club's uh, opinions are really or policies because they they might be holding out for big money, but underneath they might be desperate to bring some money and recoup some money because of the the climate as it is. And it's all a little bit of cat and mouse, isn't it? And you you can get some, some good deals. I would think like late on, as long as you've you've done your homework, uh, and it's not not all a bit of a rush job at the end, just for the sake of bringing someone in, but, uh, Leicester are, are pretty, uh, Pretty adept at bringing players in, aren't they? At the right deal, at the right time. Uh, more often than not, they get it right. Not always. No club does. But uh, mind you saying that, Leicester have got a few players. They need to farm out themselves, don't they? They need to yeah. get a few off the off the, the payroll. That's for sure.
0: Islam Slimani, Adrian Silva, Rashid Gazelle. Rodgers has said they're not going to be playing a role for him this season. Big money earners as well. They'll be uh, desperate to get them out on loan and certainly recoup some of the uh, some of the, the wages that they have to pay out, if not all of it. But, um, yeah, that'll be interesting. There'll be plenty to watch over there next week or so, uh, the transfer window. Matt, thank you very much for joining us this week. Hopefully next time on 5000 to 1, we'll have some more information to uh, to discuss about Under and Wesley Fofana. Join us again next time. Thank you. <laughs>